Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 232 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Wednesday, April 6, 2022. It's wide receiver day here at the SCO Show. Obviously, wide receiver a position that seems to be near and dear to the hearts and minds of Patriots fans as the 2022 NFL Draft approaches. And so I thought it would be a good time to dive into that position, particularly with my top 16 wide receivers dropping today over at USA Today's Touchdown Wire. So if you haven't read that yet, this is a little primer to get you ready to dive into that media little piece of work. But until then, we're going to talk wide receivers. First half of the show, sort of generally thoughts on this class and some of my thoughts on the top guys. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take more of the Patriots focus with thoughts on where their wide receiver position group is right now. And perhaps some options for them at the wide receiver position at various spots of this draft. But before we do any of that, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please follow along with the hijinks on the stake map at Mark Schofield. Follow the work at the aforementioned USA Today's Touchdown Wire. Also a variety of SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, Blue and Green Nation, right here at Pat's Pulpit, Blog and the Boys. Where, as I said, I got to talk to uh, Nakobe Dean. For the Talk of the Draft podcast with Connor Livesley. And pertinent to today's discussion, got to talk to Alec Pierce a while back. So you might want to check that show out. Alec Pierce gave me his player comparison. AJ Green is who he models his game after. And so since I asked him to do that for my article and profile on him, I included that because I am, after all, a man of my word. Let's talk this wide receiver class. And at the outset... I talked in Monday's show about sort of, you know, seismic events, right? I talked about seismic events with respect to the quarterback position, with respect to the Rams and the Carson Wentz trade. It's not a sort of one-shot seismic event. But I think we are seeing a, a growing trend in football that is being reflected in wide receiver talent. And, and let me put it to you this way. Um, as longtime listener of the show know, I coach baseball. Now I'm adding football to the repertoire. I'm going to be coaching a seven-on-seven passing team uh, this spring for middle school kids. Um, sort of my first foray in a long time into coaching at the football level, but excited about it. But it's that process that I think has opened up a situation where we're getting depth in every wide receiver draft class. And you can figure out why with the trend towards the passing game not just at the nfl level but on sundays on saturdays on friday nights in springtime seven on seven leagues you're getting players now that by the time they come out of college they have a wealth of experience playing the receiver position almost year round whether it's passing games in the fall that are now heavy with respect to putting the ball in the air whether it's springtime, seven-on-seven leagues, where, again, the focus is passing only. This league I'm coaching in, passing only. So by the time these players have worked their way through middle school, seven-on-seven passing leagues, and the high schools where they're throwing the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game to where they're finally coming out and getting ready for the NFL draft, and they've been in an offense where they're throwing it 30, 40 times a game, and they've got a well-rounded toolkit as a receiver, we're seeing as a result deeper and deeper draft classes at the position. And in a way, it's almost reflected in 
my rankings. First year touchdown wire, I believe I did a top 11 because we try to do top 11 at each position. It's it's a weird little spinal tap reference that Doug Farrar and I kind of have. We've always kind of said we go to 11. Last year, I think I did a top 14 at the receiver position because I just told Doug, look, I, I can't limit it to 11. This year, it's a top 16. And... I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon. I just got done writing up my top 11 interior defensive tackles. By the time you get to interior defensive tackle 11, you're talking about guys that probably are in the day three range. You get to wide receiver 11. For example, in my rankings, wide receiver 11 is a very talented player. That player is probably coming off the board. Maybe round two. And that just sort of tells you the depth that this position grew, particularly when juxtaposed with other positions. I mean, again, my wide receiver 11 is Alec Pierce. And I think he goes on day two. And you're seeing some buzz from Lewis Riddick and others, maybe early day two. And so... I think the depth of this position is in very in many ways a reflection of the trend we are seeing within the sport on the whole towards the passing game. You know, let's take a few minutes here and sort of talk about the guys at the top. Interesting enough, Lance Zerline, obviously who knows the game inside and out, covers the draft for the NFL.com, uh, talks about how, you know, in his view, it's not that great of a receiver class. And I, I think there's some truth to that in the sense that it lacks a star power and a clear wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, in many ways sort of similar to the quarterback class. But I think it's extremely deep. I think it's a very deep group. And I think when you are when you start talking about the guys that are going to come off the board on day two, maybe on day three, they're going to be immediate contributors. You know, they might, again, it might not have the star power at the top, but I think it's an extremely deep group. Again, Speak into that evolution of the game. For me, wide receiver one is Drake London. Certainly by no means a consensus pick, although sort of big media, Mel Kuyper and others seem to be indicating that London might be the first receiver off the board. For me, what sort of sets him apart, he's your prototypical X-type guy. He can also be a big slot-type receiver. A lot of people, Nate Tice and others, have mentioned that potential role for him in an NFL offense, but he's not a contested catch guy. The big question has been, can he separate? And I've got multiple clips there of him separated against press-aligned defenders early in the down and not just relying on size, frame, physicality to get separation. He's a guy that can literally get separation from receivers early in the down. But if he has to rely on physicality in his frame, he can do that. Got a basketball background. He's comfortable playing in that foam with comfortable playing through contact. And I've got examples of that highlighted in the piece as well. Now, I know sort of the knock on him has been one that separation part. Now, you know, his pro day's been pushed back. We don't have tested numbers. He's coming off of an injury. So there's some skepticism there as well. But I'm a big fan of his game, and I think he is that sort of prototypical X-type guy. And as we'll talk about in the later half of the show, if he's there at 21, you run to the podium, and I don't think you look back. I don't think you should be worried about, oh, Pac-12 guy that can't separate. He can't. 
in my mind, in my view, in the clips that I saw, he can separate. What's nice about him is he has the ability to separate early in the down, but the comfort playing through the catch point and the physical t- moments that he sometimes saw late in the down. I think that's going to help him. Certainly can win it back shoulder, contested catch vertical stuff, but it's that early down separation that I do like from him. Wide receiver two, I went back and forth on it. I ended up with Jameson Williams. It was really close in my grade in between him and Chris Olave, who is my wide receiver three. But Williams' explosiveness sort of as a receiving threat without the ball in his hands and as a ball carrier offensive weapon with the ball in his hands, I think is just so pivotal for today's offenses. I think Olave is the better route runner, one of the best in this class, but Williams' ability with the football in his hands and to provide sort of explosive plays with the football in his hands is is a huge plus for him. But I like Olave too. I like both of those guys. Wide receiver four for me is Garrett Wilson, who I don't think is near his sort of potential. I think there's more stuff that he can do. But his ability, his quickness, his suddenness against press-aligned defenders, very impressive. Really sort of sort of stood out to me. You might be hearing me use the phrase press-aligned defenders. There's always the discussion, well, can guys get open against press? I always use the phrase press-alignment because some guys are better at press than others. You know, some guys actually take the fight to you. Some guys will use club technique and other means of taking the fight to you. Some guys will actually try to jam you. Some guys are just sort of press bail or they're just in press alignment and they're going to wait and be patient. So I always sort of put it as press aligned defenders. How do you fare with guys right in your face? And it's important, to, I think, to do it that way. When I talked to Alec Pierce, he talked about when you saw press alignment, your route's getting adjusted. And so how do you fare against press aligned defenders? Because sometimes if you say, look, he's great against press, they're not seeing true press. So I, I kind of differentiate it that way. Number six for me, Traylon Burks. I mean, excuse me, he's number five. Wilson, four. Burks is five. Burks is a confident receiver, man. You know, one of my f- favorite plays from any receiver in this draft class was his play against Mississippi. He caught back-to-back vertical routes, but the second one he had about 10 yards of cushion from the, the corner. And halfway towards a race in that cushion, he's just five yards downfield. He throws the arm up and says, look, I'm open, and gets the ball thrown to him. I don't think he offers the full route tree that, say, an Olave does or even a Wilson does. I think his role in the NFL early, nines, eights, sevens, sixes, crossers. Like, give him a defined route tree. Let him fill out the rest as he develops. But I think he could be out of the box like a complimentary type wide receiver, very much an A.J. Brown type of player. Getting him to Tennessee I think would be fantastic. Wide receiver six for me, George Pickens from Georgia, who kind of fell off the radar due to injury this past season. You know, inconsistent quarterback play the year before that. But I think he's a, when you can separate the way he did against press line defenders as a true freshman in the SEC, I think you're going to be just fine at the next level. And even though he's coming off the injury, he had one of the better plays in that national championship game, that big catch early against Alabama that showed you the separation against press aligned defenders, the ability to accelerate, the ability to be a full-body route runner. He sort of sold his break to the post with a quick flash of the eyes to the outside before getting to the post, tracks it over his shoulder. Tremendous catch. Wide receiver seven in my mind, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Wide receiver eight, Sky Moore from Western Michigan. 
And we sort of wrap up this this initial segment with these two guys. Very similar. You know, there's been a trend towards more and away from Dotson in recent days. And I was going there myself, but I took one last look earlier this week at Dotson. You know, the explosive playmaking skills and the ability after the catch really sort of set him apart in my mind. But Moore is a fantastic player too. And while they're both probably slot guys, I think both can play on the outside. Moore, very good against press line defenders. Tremendous violent hands. And the more Edelman comparisons are so easy to make. And there's a play that I highlighted where down to the mannerisms and the movement after the catch and how he bounces up after the tackle. It's like, that's Julian Edelman. You know, and obviously Edelman waited to hear his name called. I don't think Sky Moore waits to hear his name called. You're hearing first round, but he's probably more early second, but I don't think he's a pure slot guy. I think he's a guy that can play at the Z. I think he's an interchangeable type of piece. Same thing with Dotson. You know, big fans of both of their games, but... Those are the sort of top eight. Those are the guys I think are most likely to come off the board in the first round. You know, rounding out the top 12, Mechie from Alabama at nine, talented player. I thought he was going to sneak higher, but, you know, in comparison to some of the other guys, I, I, I think, you know, nine's a good spot for him, and I think I'm still even higher on him than consensus. Christian Watson from North Dakota State, who's getting first-round buzz right now. He's 10 for me. Uh, Pierce is 11, as I mentioned. Big fan of his game. We'll talk about him a little bit more. David Bell checks in at 12 for me. Others are higher on him. The athletic testing is certainly a bit scary right now. You know, the, the 40 at 4.65, which was in the 6th percentile among receivers. The 20-yard shuttle, the short shuttle at 4.57, only in the 2nd percentile. A talented player, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it, opinions vary. Draft Network has him as wide receiver 7 in the top 50 player. PFF Mike Renner has him as a 17th ranked receiver and outside the top 100. I do see some shades of Troy Brown to his game, by the way, which Patriots fans like might like might like to hear. Calvin Austin at 13, Wandale Robinson at 14, Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama at 15, and Kyle Phillips, the UCLA slot with tremendous footwork skills. He checks in at 16. My comparison for him was Braxton Berrios after his third energy drink of the day. You know, the footwork, he's, he's a walking ladder drill in my mind. But sometimes he needs to tone it down a bit. But that's a look at the wide receivers. Let's talk Patriots roles and Patriots wide receiver position group next here on episode 232 of the Skill Show. Mark Schofield back with you now. Here in episode 232 of the SCO Show, and just a reminder, on Monday's show, we'll be doing our first of what will be three mock draft Mondays as we build up to the 2022 NFL Draft. I've already gotten some submissions. Um, if you can get those in sooner rather than later, that would be great. As I mentioned on Monday's show, we'll be traveling this weekend, so I'd like to put this one in the can, as they say in the business, uh, before headed out of town. But So if you can get those in, that would be fantastic. Let's talk specifically wide receivers now and the wide receiver position as it relates to the New England Patriots. As you are well aware, the Patriots have addressed the receiver position in a manner of speaking this offseason. They've added Ty Montgomery. They've added Devontae Parker via a trade. And as it stands right now, you're sort of too deep at the receiver spots. You know, you've got Parker and perhaps, say, Nelson Aguilar as your two sort of X options. You've got... Or maybe, better yet, Parker and Nikhil Harry as your two X options right now. Maybe you're looking at your Zs of Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, your slot guys of Jacoby Myers and Ty Montgomery with perhaps a, a Trey Nixon and Malcolm Perry sort of floating out there in the wings. 
And that's okay. And that's a solid start. But I think most people listening to this show would agree that they need to address receiver at one, maybe two spots in the draft. Now, having added Parker and Montgomery in with some other needs on this roster, perhaps corner, perhaps linebacker, you know, maybe 21 isn't exactly an option. Although, if anybody from, say, Drake London to Traylon Burks is staring you in the face at 21, I do like that value. I think it's probably more likely we're looking at picks later in this draft from New England, say 54 or 85 on day two, maybe... 127, 158, 170 on day three where they might want to address the position. And they could go in a couple of different directions. You know, they could go for your X types. You know, and if you're thinking about doing it on day two, in my mind, Alec Pierce and Christian Watson stand out. I'd be happy with, honestly, I'd be happy with either of those guys at 54. I know that might seem a little rich, particularly with Pierce, but I'm a huge fan of his game. You know, you watch him against Notre Dame, for example. You even watch him against Alabama, where he faced a high level of competition. And I think he checks a lot of the boxes that you want on that sort of outside X guy. Tested extremely well. Former volleyball player, 40-inch vertical, incredible athlete. But the ability to beat press line defenders, great ball tracking skills, watch his catch against Houston. I, I, I think... I'm fine with them at 54. Obviously fine with them at 85. But if they want to go the X route early, Watson and Pierce, if they want to do it late, a name to watch is obviously Tolbert out of the gate. Other people might be a little bit higher on him than I am, but I think Tolbert, you know, if he's there on day three, you know, he's got the speed, the size, the frame. I think, you know, he's an intriguing option. Another sort of later option on day three, Romeo Dubs. Um... Others have him inside their, say, top 11. He was just sort of outside by top 16 from that perspective. But I think he's a name to watch at that sort of X receiver spot. And then Justin Ross uh, from Clemson is another sort of X type guy on day three that you might want to sort of keep in mind for New England. With respect to the more sort of flanker Z types, if Sky Moore is there at 54, you run to the podium. I don't think he will be. You know, but if he's available. I think you run up and go get him. Another option would be Mechie at 54. I'd be fine with that. Um, I, like I said, I might be a little bit higher on him than consensus. Maybe not. I'm um, looking at the draft network's rankings, but I'm a very big fan of his game. It's just he's more flanker type who might need the two-way go at times. He's not more of an X type. Again, as we've talked about, when you have the ability of that sort of two-way go as an inside receiver or a slot receiver it's a little bit easier than life as an x on the outside you know another z type guy to mention in that sort of 54 range you know maybe a uh, guys like calvin austin khalil shakir uh Wandale robinson those might be more slot z types but i think as you get in the sort of that 85 range for example those are names to watch. When you get into a little bit later on day three, Kyle Phillips, uh, I mentioned him. He's maybe a bit more of a slot, but I think he can play some D. He had a vertical catch and touchdown against Fresno State where he was aligned on the boundary, one of his best plays last year, and that came with an outside alignment against a press-aligned defender. So I think he has that ability. It's just can he do it on a more consistent basis? You know, as you start thinking slots – Obviously, the guys we mentioned earlier, 
you know, Dotson and Moore are your slot type guys. I'd be fine with them at 54. I don't know about 21 given other needs, but I'd consider it for both of those guys. You know, Boise State Shakir, uh, he didn't quite get in there for me because the guys that I preferred over him. But, you know, if he's there at 85, I would kind of understand it. I'd be more happier with him on day three. The Patriots were at his pro day. So you can see that. Kyle Phillips, who I mentioned already. And then, look, there's this Bo Melton, who I said, look, the, the 209 spot of this draft class is the Bo Melton pick. And that may be where this ends up. Maybe they address sort of X or Z early with Alec Pierce and Bo Melton at 209. And look, if you're telling me right now the New England Patriots come out of this draft with, let's just say hypothetically speaking, you know, for sake of argument, that they do a, a Trent McDuffie at 21, and then at 85 they add, since I just got studying him, a Chad Tindall from Georgia to address the linebacker position. And then at 209, they add Bo Melton. I'm okay with that. For linebacker, receiver, receiver, and corner, Trent McDuffie, Alec Pierce, Channing Tindall, and Bo Melton later in the draft. I'd be, I'd be happy with that. Maybe you won't be, but that's the beauty of Mock Draft Monday. You get to tell me what you would be happy with. And so with that, I bid you adieu for the weekend. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I will be, as I said, traveling. But please get those mock drafts in for Mock Draft Monday. We'll kick it off. We get, like I said, three Mock Draft Mondays to get us through until the 2022 NFL Draft. So that will do it for today's show. I will be back Monday for Mock Draft Monday. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check on your neighbors. Check on your loved ones. Wash those hands. And when you do, sin along. Bless those Patriots' reigns. Down in Fox.